Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, an Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is a bitter old broad, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? I'm doing okay. No, I'm doing good. That's even better than doing just okay. Yeah. I'm going to ask you this horrible life-changing question. Did you do anything fun this week? Yeah, I've been uh, continuing my October Halloween movie watching. Oh, yeah? This week we did The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, you love that movie. Yes, if you recall, as a teenager, I was obsessed with that movie. Yeah. I was one of those people. You know what, though? I feel like you were obsessed with it just before it got super popular. Yeah, I think so, too. And it wasn't, like, my thing with it wasn't, like, a hot topic sort of, like, weird gothic obsession. I just really like the music in that movie. The music is really good. It's my favorite part of the whole movie. I'm not, like, a huge musical guy, even, but I appreciate a good tune in a movie. And that movie's got Danny some Elfman did a good job tunes. on that. Yeah. yeah. I like really Danny did. Elfman's compositions. That and that and Edward Scissorhands has really good music too. He does yeah. a good job. And Pee Wee's Big and Adventure. Simpsons themes. Ah. Always back to Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> as long as it's not that movie that shall not be named, I think we'll be alright. What movie's that? <laughs> The one with the yearly Smith oh, and the dinosaurs. Oh, 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 oh. okay. Yeah. <laughs> we won't talk about that one. Okay, good. Until later in the episode when it's relevant. <sighs> that hopefully won't happen. Does it happen? No. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. I'll find some way to work it in there. Well, speaking of Nightmare Before Christmas, I don't know if the same company did it, but I watched Coraline last night with my son, who's four. Same director, I think. Is it? I mean, there's a lot of similarities. Henry Selleck? Is that his name? I don't know. I'm not going to look it up, but it doesn't really matter. But yeah, that's a good movie. I like it a lot. Yeah, that is pretty good. It's a little scary, but that's what that's what you want to see in a Halloween. Well, like an op- October time movie, so... Yeah. Those button eyes are creepy. I know, right? But when she, My son was just watching it, and he's like... Is this a scary movie? And I was like, yeah, a little bit, buddy. It gets kind of scary later. Like, oh, okay. And then she, like, her neck grew and, like, the other mom's neck grew and stuff. And he was all, like, freaking out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I could see how that would be spooky. I know. Oh, man. And then there's that scene where the old lady is, like, almost naked. Like, I forgot that existed. Yeah. Gotta watch out for them old ladies. Yep. They're crazy. They're either all naked, or they want to kill you, or they want to drop bomb SD on your ass. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you never can tell with them old ladies. No, it's either going to be some something great, something horrible, or something very horrible. <laughs> so do you have like a list of what you're going to watch next? Or is it just kind of like... No, whatever? not really a list. It's just like whatever. You know, my daughter watching Nightmare Before Christmas, she'd never seen it before, and she could not give two shits about Jack Skellington's emotional problems and his disillusionment and feelings of ennui. Uh She just was like, what is that naughty skeleton doing? (laughs) She was totally on everyone else's side, like, this guy's fucking stuff up. (laughs) 
She's fucking up Christmas. Get out of here. She's with the clown with the tearaway face, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's understandable. She does love Mickey Mouse. I mean, Minnie Mouse. My bad. Yeah, rest in peace. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I don't know what we're going to watch next. I still can't get uh, Kim to watch anything with me, so, you know. Beetlejuice. 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 Stop it. You're going to summon Michael Keaton. Hey, You're going to eyebrow act all over here. I don't know if, uh, like, I think she would watch Beetlejuice with me, but we'd have to wait for it to get on, to be on the television, because I don't think anywhere is streaming it, unless they are. I guess it was on Netflix, maybe. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Uh, just buy it. No. <laughs> I don't have money for Beetlejuice. <laughs> There's always room for Beetlejuice in your life. Not today. All right. Well, do you want to get into this episode? Yeah, we can do it. Okay. I mean, you didn't even ask me how I was doing or anything, but uh... didn't I? Do it... Didn't I though? I don't remember. Regardless, I'm doing fine. I haven't done anything. Let's get onto the episode. <laughs> All right. Oh, so we just got done t- watching The Tale of Watcher's Woods. Mm-hmm. I had a very good time with this episode. What did you think of it? You know what? I really liked this episode. It was a good one. Yeah. The, the setting was fun. The enemies are really cool. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. The, act- <laughs> the acting is okay from some of the characters. And then the acting is incredible from some of the other characters. Yeah. But overall, I'm going to say that um, this is a pretty pretty good episode, and I don't know what the rest of Season 3 has in store for us, but this is going to be a, a tough one to top for me. I think so, too. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely my favorite episode so far of the season, and I can see oh, yeah. it being within like the top three, probably. Mm-hmm. But hey, we got like 10 more episodes of Season 3 to go, and, and who knows, shit. maybe there's some great ones in there. Alright, well, let's get into this shit. The episode begins with a crash of thunder and lightning, which was interesting because they hadn't had any, like, elemental elements, I guess, in the Midnight Society bits yet, so yeah. that was kind of cool. It immediately made me think, like, oh, that they must have to deal with, like, snow and rain and all that stuff, and what do they do? Just cancel it? Like, do they not have meetings in the winter? No. They're in fucking Canada. <laughs> Like, there's going to be some snow. Yeah, I know. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever see it, but, you know, there's a thunderstorm. Nothing happens of it, but it was kind of cool that they did it, I guess. I don't know. I guess. Betty Ann is there, and she's down by the fire, and we're looking at the back of a person with a bag on their head, and they're wearing a sweet leather jacket, and Betty Ann says that she'll take the bag off as soon as, and then she says, hey, they're here, and Tucker immediately runs up to that person with a bag on their head and says this better be a good because we could get electrocuted since it's a thunderstorm out with no rain get whatever and frank walks in in the background with gary and kiki runs up to the person and she's like who's this mystery guy we've been hearing about yeah like (laughs) kiki you don't know they've been talking about this person constantly for weeks it's sam (laughs) betty ann's friend betty ann's friend sam well betty ann Walks up to the bag person. She stands them up and she says, guys, this is my friend Sam. And she lifts the bag off their head. And we see that Sam isn't a boy, but is a girl. <gasps> uh, which is almost exactly what Tucker says next. Did you at any point think that it was going to be a boy? No. 
Not even a little bit. And unlike these characters, like the name Sam didn't strike me at all as being obviously masculine. Yeah. I feel like I've known more women Sams than men. I think so too. Is Sam short for anything as a boy? Samuel? Oh yeah, Samuel. Yeah. I don't think I know any Samantha or I mean Sam Sam or Samuels, but I know Samanthas, so yeah. I I mean I already knew it was gonna be a girl, but I assumed you would have thought it would be a girl too, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I did. Okay. Well we see Sam for the first time and she's got this like curly crimped hair. It's like shoulder length blonde hair. It's gorgeous. <laughs> you like it? <laughs> yeah. She's um She's got, like, a baby face. I don't know. Yeah, I've seen this actress in quite a few things. Have you? Yeah. Do you know any of them off the top of your head? No. Okay. Me neither. My notes say that she's pretty much Kristen 2.0, but... Yes. (laughs) That was my first reaction, just based on absolutely nothing except for... She's blonde, (laughs) I guess? I was like, okay, they just swapped her out for another, another Kristen... Well, you know, I know something funny is that, you know me, I'm I'm not very good at actors, actresses and stuff. I mean, I didn't know who anybody was for a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, when I was growing up, I didn't notice that this was a different person from Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess. I don't remember her getting introduced and I was just, Kristen and Sam were just the same person to me. Well, did you watch this episode as a kid? Yeah, I think I've seen it a couple times. Oh, I just you... didn't pay attention to the Midnight Society. We're stuff just like, all right, this is the first episode, I guess. <laughs> the like, one where okay, they introduced girl. my favorite Kristen. It took me a long time to know that seasons of shows were a thing. I just thought yeah, it was like just a continuous you show, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they took a break and changed cast members or anything like that. It was just start to finish. So. I never knew what was episode or what was in season two, what was in season three. It all just blended together for me. Yeah, I get that. So Kiki comes up and she says, Sam. And Sam's like, it's Samantha. My friends call me Sam. And then Frank runs up to her and says, yo, Sam, I'm Frank. And uh, I think you're the hottest thing around this campfire. Damn, Frank. (laughs) Well, Sam says, thanks. She grabs his hand and says, you can call me Samantha. And then she squeezes Ooh. it so hard that Frank starts begging for mercy. And Tucker giggles a little bit, saying, the babe's got a bite. <laughs> and then he gets pushed aside by Gary, who says, I think you're perfect uh, for the Midnight Society. Do you know the rules? She hasn't even told the story yet. Settle These the fuck down, Gary. People. Like, everyone. That's ridiculous. All the guys are just, like, slobbering and sexually harassing her. It's one of a few things in this episode that is insane. Fucking like, yeah, she's a girl. Whatever. Let her tell her story. Frank's like, damn, baby, you got a nice ass. And Gary's like, (laughs) oh, oh, girl, you're fucking so fine. (laughs) You you can be the leader of the Midnight Society. Shit. It's it's It's, ridiculous. uh, It is uh, embarrassing. Yeah. Sam walks past Gary saying, sure. I tell you guys a story, and if you like it, I'm in. And if not, and then the thunder crashes, and then she pauses, and she's, and then she finishes saying, I'm on the highway? I think that's what she said. I don't fucking know. Yeah, like she's going to have to hitch a ride home. 
once Even they dump her gotta, ass out. She's got to get on the highway anyway if she wants to go home. She must live across town or something. Anyway, Kiki tells everyone, everybody that let's get going. And they all take their seat with Sam at the throne. Betty Ann tells her good luck. And Sam says, there's a lot of stories I could have told. But I picked one that kind of fits the setting. There's tons of ancient legends about the woods. Legends of spirits like the Manitou, which I don't know what that is. Sounds like Manatee to me, but... Or the Wendigo. Do you know what a Manitou is? Nope. Okay. But whatever happened to these spirits when people showed up to hack down their world, many moved on, but some say the truly evil ones clung to home. We look over at Kiki, who looks pissed as hell. Why? I don't know. She looks mad. Maybe she doesn't like deforestation. I don't know. She only likes moving. <laughs> yeah, she, she likes it when trees get cut down and turned into, like, furniture for her to move but other than that she doesn't like it (laughs) sam continues saying the twisted hearts full of revenge for all who dared to disturb their home submitted for the approval of the midnight society i call this story betty and tosses in the dust the tale of watcher's voice does that description fit the episode it fits like a very minuscule piece of this episode i think very minuscule yeah like the second thought part of this episode well the tale begins we're at a classic summer camp setting in the background are a bunch of kids lifting and and walking with a canoe another group of girls are just standing and talking the camera pans over to a sign that says welcome to camp grindlestone and then it pans down and we see a bunch of kids walking around and then we get sam's voiceover and she tells us as we focus on a girl with a sweater vest on covering her pink long sleeve shirt that it was sarah's first time at camp grindlestone she was a super achiever. She won every medal a trail maker could earn. Only problem was, Sarah was so busy with activities that she didn't have much time for friends. And then we, we look over at another girl, and, and Sam says, Kelly, on the other hand, uh, and Kelly's got this big suitcase, he's trying to lug it around, had been to Grindlestone before and hated it. She had tons of friends at home and didn't really want to be there. And the camera moves from Sarah to Kelly back to Sarah until, of course, the two collide. And Kelly drops her suitcase. And then she says to Sarah, walk much? Good one. I know. Sarah apologizes <laughs> and goes to help Kelly put her shit back in her suitcase. But Kelly says, uh, uh, no one touches my stuff. <laughs> this episode peaks early because that's the best part of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I liked it. It was like almost a throwback to Beth, but. Almost. She says it very Bethy. So Bethy. I love it. I don't know if it's intentional, but it was a nice throwback to Beth. I don't know. Maybe kids just don't like kids touching their stuff. I don't like people touching my stuff either, so I'm not Yeah, don't, don't touch my stuff, by mm-hmm. the way. Well, Sarah introduces herself, saying it's her first time here, and Kelly gives her a sarcastic, thrilled, what ten are you in? And Sarah says six, and Kelly's in six as well. And the girls stand up, and Kelly says, great, we can be pals. And then she walks away from Sarah. I've never been to a summer camp. But if I had to stay in a tent, I would be, like, bummed out. I have been to summer camp, and we stayed in cabins. Yeah, that's what I always see in movies and TV shows, is cabins. And that's what I'd want. Yeah, I wouldn't stand for that. <laughs> Just I would leave? have an uprising. Demand that they build me a cabin. So, Kelly, um, let's describe these gals. Alright. Kelly is played by Jewel State, who is probably yeah. best known as Kaylee in Firefly. And Serenity? She's always Becca from Flash Forward to me. Never seen Flash Forward. I don't remember anything about that show other than she was in it and Ben Foster was in it. And that's it. That's all I remember. 
I don't know who Ben Foster is either. And everything I've ever seen them in since, I go, hey, it's that guy, or hey, it's that girl from Flash Forward. Okay. Well, for all you listeners that have also watched Space Cases, she is in Space Cases as well. That's no one. (laughs) I watched Space Cases a little bit. No, you didn't. (laughs) I said a little bit. There was like three episodes of Space Cases. It had two seasons, and Zach was in it from Zach the Black Power Ranger. Rangers. (laughs) Rangers. <laughs> uh, yeah, he got summoned by Zordon. He had attitude. But Sarah, she kind of reminds me of Stacy from the episode we just watched. But I don't like her as much, I think. No, she's kind of... If there's a flat part of this episode, it's Sarah. There's nothing wrong with her. But, I mean, her character by design is just kind of, I don't know, boring. She's, She's boring. A boring. Yeah. It's very Amanda to yeah. Kelly's Beth. So yeah. that's probably the best way to describe it. She's also not that good at acting. No, she's not terrible, though. There's a part that makes me cringe a bit, but both the girls are probably between like 12 and 14. Yeah. 13. <laughs> <laughs> right between there. Around there. They all both have on, like, very colorful clothing. Lots of pinks and stuff. Sarah dresses more plainly. Kelly is very, uh, popping with the fashion. Yeah, she's got, like, turquoises and pinks and yellows and stuff on. She's Oh, uh, Kelly's got very long hair, too. And Stacy's is shoulder length more, so. I don't know. This is a mess. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> we just spent, like, 20 minutes describing these girls i mean if you need to look her up just look up jewel state and i don't remember the other girl's name i think it's i don't know she's not jewel state the scene changes it's nighttime now and we're in front of a tent a kid walks out of it and then we transport inside of some like castle (laughs) castle yeah there's just some fucking castle it's like they've got a castle there and you're making me stay in a tent shit (laughs) (laughs) i don't get it it's like the rec room or something. Yeah, all, the rec like a bunch castle. Of, it's like a piano that kids can play. and there's The rompus and... castle. <laughs> this castle, I don't know. There's a girl playing a piano, and Kelly's walking with two other girls, and she's making fun of Sarah and her badges, because Kelly took Sarah's vest that has all the badges on it. Mm-hmm. And Kelly's like, is she like too perfect or what? She's, and she points at the uh, badge and she says, oh, look, here's the one she got for jumping out of an airplane and living. Uh, 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 uh. I know. That's what I thought, too. Well, here's the one she got for cleaning up all the pollution in the whole world. Which also isn't that funny. No, none of it's funny. It's just all very, like, slacker 90s attitude of, like, trying is dumb. Like, yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. These two nameless girls with her, they laugh as another girls playing the piano and she begins to play a song brandon what song was it i looked it up i could fur release what is it fur release okay i don't who 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 composed it beethoven okay i figured it was some beethoven or bach shit (laughs) i tried to look i was like is that moonlight sonata no it's not moonlight sonata and then i listened to moonlight sonata and i was like ah this is a good song yeah moonlight sonata's dope (laughs) all right Top 10 dopest classical music compositions. Go. Flight of the Bumblebees. All right, there you go. In the Hall of Mountain King. (laughs) Done. Next. 
<laughs> okay. Well, this little girl's trying to play the song, and she's like, do, 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 do. You know, with like two fingers. It's crazy. <laughs> hey, she's trying. She's not a pianist. So Kelly says, here's the one she got for never doing anything wrong ever. Of course, everyone gets that one. And then Sarah comes walking up out of nowhere, and she says, hi, guys. And Kelly tries to hide the vest behind her back a bit, and Sarah asks if she can hang out. And the girls, they just look at her for a moment before she asks, has anyone seen my Trailmakers vest? And Kelly looks around and shakes her head, and then they look up as we faintly hear a bat. Write mm-hmm. that one down. There's bats. Yeah, there's a bat. Kelly then tells the other girls that bats hate the sound of music. And she's like, that is what you're playing, Sylvie, isn't it? And the girl at the piano turns around and says, ha ha, before turning back to play the piano some more. Riveting stuff. Sarah steps past Kelly and saying, this place is pretty cool. And she looks up at these three whistles that are up on the wall in a glass case. And then she reads the words under the whistles saying, never ever enter Watcher's Woods ever. (laughs) It's such an odd thing to just like keep on the mantle in the middle of a rec room in a children's summer camp very weird yeah i mean i get having like a little monument to you know these missing girls or whatever Mm -hmm. but it's very odd to just be like you'll be murdered if you go into these woods have a happy safe trip everybody it's odd yeah well we look up at the glass case there's pictures of three little girls above each whistle and sarah turns around and asks what's watcher's woods And then, this is my favorite part of the episode. The girl (laughs) at the piano, she super dramatically just like, bones, a bunch of keys. Yeah, she slams on those fucking keys. I don't get it. Why did she do that? It's like a record scratch, but there's no record player there. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) I I don't know why she did it, but I loved it. (laughs) We switch over to Kelly, who says, you're new, so I'll tell you. It's a place where people get blipped. And Sarah's like, blipped? Kelly says, you know, lost, vaporized, erased. The legend goes way back. Indian tribes, colonial soldiers, pioneers, all gone, never seen again. And Sarah asks where this place is. One of Kelly's nameless friend tells her that no one knows. They say it moves around like a shark looking for victims. And once you realize you're inside, it's too late. Sarah takes some steps forward and says, it sounds like a stupid camp story to her. Why is it called Watcher's Woods? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Unnamed Friend 2 says, The few who escaped, which just contradicts everything, came back crazy, babbling something about the Watcher, a demon who guards the woods and picks out and picks out oh my god, picks out its victims. This is another instance of a horror or like a ghost story inside of a ghost story. Yeah, it's becoming quite a theme. Yeah, right? Like just have scary stuff happen. We don't really need this backstory. I guess it's just filler. They, this could just happen to the girls, and it would be interesting as is. Yeah. Like, tell about the, the little girls so we get we understand who they are, and then just have them get lost in the woods. So Kelly, she's now behind Sarah, and by the whistles, says that they blipped in 1919, and tomorrow will be 75 years to the day. That seems a little convenient for her to know that right off the top of her head. I don't know if it's like, if the camp starts on the same day every year or something... And it's like the first day of camp and they got blipped right away. (laughs) Yeah. They went for a hike and they were never seen again. The only trace the searchers found were their whistles. And Kelly says, care to go for a little hike in Watcher's Woods, Superstar? And then 
immediately we look down on the ground and then there's this most the most adorable little mouse <laughs> kelly freaks the fuck out she's screaming her head off she's saying rats i hate rats even though that's not a rat but it's okay and sarah tells her it was only a little rat but kelly runs past her and just stomps out of the room and her two nameless friends follow look behind her sarah stays back and sits in a super comfy looking chair she finds her vest and says it's gonna be a long couple of weeks well, stop trying to be her friend. She doesn't. There's like, so many go, other girls. Go be friends with some of those other non-horrible people. Seriously. There's this camp. I'm, I don't think there's a boy at all in this camp. Is there? I think it's all girls. Yeah. Like, just, just go make friends. Be like, hey, can I switch to a different tent? I want to be in seven instead of six. Boom. You don't have to talk to Kelly anymore. Done. Episode over. <laughs> but that doesn't happen. The scene changes and there's just a bunch of girls sitting outside. The camera pans over them as the instructor gives them orders, saying that they'll be working in teams of two. The goal is to collect as many specimens as you can for your nature medals and get back here before dark. She's like, Kelly, I want you to take Sarah. You know the woods pretty well. And Sarah, who's who's behind Kelly, stands up, gets close to Kelly's face and says, maybe we'll find Watcher's Woods and then sits back down. And then Kelly silently mocks her. I don't know what that was for. Doesn't make sense. Instructor tells the girls, remember, no fires. We don't want and any no accidents. disintegrations. Exactly. No getting blipped, ladies. Have fun. Is getting blipped, like, a thing? Do people say that, or is it just in this particular camp? I have never heard anybody say that. I mean, I guess it makes sense, you know, you just disappear, but... Yeah, it definitely makes sense. I like it. I want to know if it's a thing. Because I just want to be like, ah, oh, who blipped my pen? it was me i'm gaslighting you you fucker i know don't blip my stuff ah snap i'm gonna do it the kids get up and they leave except for kelly and sarah sarah sits down next to kelly and asks so where do we start and kelly tells her start by keeping out of my face she (laughs) leaves sarah follows Uh, i really love this next scene we're in the woods kelly and sarah are walking and sarah asks kelly if she knows what to do if they get lost. And Kelly says, no, but I bet you do. And Sarah says, write this down, Brandon. Three sharp blasts on the whistle. All right, got it. That's the call for That's help. That's going to come up for sure. Yes. Kelly says, gee, thanks. I'll try and remember that. And then Kelly busts oh out some oh cigarettes. And she's about to start Holy smoking. Holy shit. Yeah. Nickelodeon, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. Also, Sam, what the fuck? I don't I don't get it. Why is this in here? I don't know. Sarah's basically like You gonna smoke? Kelly tells her Yes. But Sarah tells her she can't because of the fire warning, and that's that. They never talk about smoking ever again in this episode. <laughs> no. They don't say like you can't smoke and then looks directly at the camera like it gives you lung cancer. <laughs> She's just like no, the lady said not to, so just don't. Uh, yeah. What? That makes no sense. That was very concerning to me. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's such a little detail that I didn't remember this growing up, and also smoking was, like, the thing back in the 90s, but still, this girl's, like, 13 years old. And she's the cool character of the episode. She's yeah, the one you want to be. You want to be a Kelly. You don't want to be a Sarah. Yeah, you want to be a sassy bitch. <laughs> a smoking sassy bitch. Yeah. 
It was that's crazy. the dream. I, that happened, and my jaw dropped, and I looked over at my wife Kim, and I was just like, "Did that just happen?" <laughs> yeah, I, I could not believe it. That's crazier than the boss from hell. Wow. Yeah, it is. <sighs> this show is bananas. <laughs> it so is. Should be on HBO with the shit. <laughs> yeah, this right plays after with Oz, Oz right? put on. Are you afraid of the dark? <laughs> oh my god so kelly says you're just so perfect aren't you and sarah tries to tell her no but kelly levels with her and she's like look i'm not into this metal stuff let's just chill and sneak back to camp okay but sarah's like no i like it that's why i'm here and kelly stops walking for a second and tells sarah that she's only here because her parents want her out of the house for two weeks i can understand that i know right fuck well Little brat like smokes and cigarettes and yeah, stay doesn't six want months. Her parents to touch her stuff. <laughs> so Kelly's like, I'll make you a deal. I know these woods. I'll show you a pheasant nest if we can <laughs> cut out of here early and go swimming. Oh, uh, I like this. Sarah thinks about it for like two seconds and she says, <laughs> "Deal." She's like, "Oh shit, pheasants! Did you say pheasants? Whoa, pheasants! I'm in. Doesn't matter what you said." let's go get ourselves killed come on (laughs) this is okay going back though this whole situation is also ridiculous by today's standards the smoking thing aside hey kids you're in groups of two go out into the woods come back by dark what yeah it's uh and they wonder why three little girls got lost (laughs) i don't think they wonder i think they just don't care no obviously not they're like all right we got this plaque already made we just need another victim or two we said don't go into watcher's woods ever 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 i mean it's your fault for getting killed (laughs) we put it right in the middle of the wreck castle (laughs) i don't get it like go out into the woods girls be back before dinner fuck it gets dark try not to start a forest fire see ya yeah don't start a fire to keep warm if you, in case you do get lost that, that doesn't make any sense the girls walk some more and then we see a little opening through some trees and bushes that you could kind of squeeze into and kelly tells sarah that there it is it's a tight squeeze so give me your backpack and sarah's excited and asks if she thinks the pheasants are still nesting and kelly's like gee i don't know go look so sarah does just that she goes and looks and kelly rolls her eyes and says to herself for someone so smart you're pretty dim adios why the hell does she have to take both bags i don't get that part like leaving her there is a dick move enough as it is but taking her bag which presumably has like maybe some water a whistle a compass like all the things she needs to survive (laughs) yeah she takes it she wants to kill sarah oh doesn't like her she she could just drop it on the ground yeah it doesn't make no sense to me so the next scene kelly's walking through the woods and it looks like she's getting lost because she doesn't seem to recognize the trail even though it's been established that she knows these woods we shoot back over to sarah who's walking out from the pathway and she says i didn't see any nests in there kelly Kelly. It, mu- it must be a while later. She must have been looking back there for like an hour because Kelly is long fucking gone. Yeah, I think you're right. It's not like a, well, no nests. Wait, Kelly. Like, Yeah, she was just like, where are these pheasants? Under these this leaf? Birds. No. <laughs> Kelly would never just lie to me. I better look <laughs> real hard. 
I refuse to believe that this girl who I am trying so hard to be friends with and hate me every fiber of her being would do this to me. <laughs> Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your camp counselor. Thank you so much for taking a listen to our show. Whether you're new here or returning this week, we appreciate each and every listen. If you're interested in supporting the show and getting some sweet stuff like stickers, bonus episodes, t-shirts, and early uploaded episodes, you should join the Patreon family at patreon.com slash private island. We have three tiers, each with their own rewards, so take a look and become a patron today. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Golden Bostics, Michael, Bryce, and Kathy, the Silver Goth, Brett, and the Bronze Beth, Angela. Thank you so much for your support, everyone. Brandon and I greatly appreciate it. We here at Up All Night offer you the most Are You Afraid of the Dark. Our Instagram, at Private Island Presents, is chock full of almost 30 weeks of content. From handcrafted gifts that mash up your favorite movies with Are You Afraid of the Dark, to character bios for each episode, to the all-new Meme Fridays, there's something there to make you laugh. Come join in the conversations on any of our posts. Do you have a Twitter? Give us a follow at PRVT Island. We now have a Facebook group. Just search Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast, and you should find it. I try to post memes, GIFs, and videos there first. I've got the entire first season of our show uploaded now on YouTube. So if you want to give us some love there, that'd be awesome. Smash that like button and subscribe. For a full list of links, check out the episode description for our Linktree link. There you can find easy access to our Instagram, our Twitter, YouTube, the merch store, an invite to the Podcast Junkie Discord server, and more. If emailing's your thing, you can always send us an email that's at privateislandpresents at gmail.com. I answer every email I get and I always love getting them. So email us today. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Summer Tropicala from Stardew Valley, composed by Concerned Ape. I hope you're enjoying this musical change-up as much as I am. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. If you're liking the show, please tell somebody about it. Growing a podcast is hard, and one of the best ways to grow is by word of mouth and recommendations. If you know someone who'd enjoy our show, or any indie podcasts you listen to, tell a friend about them. Everyone wins with Are You Afraid of the Dark? Speaking of other podcasts, if you're looking for a Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast, I've got the perfect promo for you. It's for the Top of the Round podcast, which is a group of four friends getting together and playing the 5th edition of Dungeons & Dragons. This podcast is a perfect introduction to D&D, and it has it all. Drama, humor, and heroics. Take a listen. Hi there, I'm Kenan, and I'm the DM for Top of the Round. We are a homebrew, character-driven, actual play podcast, fueled by the power of D&D 5e. What happens when a naive druid, an orphaned monk, and a mysterious drought elf are roped into becoming a mailman for a goddess? Join Talus. As you know, my bosses aren't the most merciful people. Chaz. Hey, do you guys know where I could find a map of everywhere? Nseku. We might as well try. It's the worst thing that could happen is we could die. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Episodes drop every Monday. Hope to see you soon. Thank you again, everyone, for taking the time to listen to our show. After this episode comes out, we should hit the 7.5 thousand total downloads milestone, which is just so awesome. We couldn't have done this without you, so thank you so much. For now, I'll let you get back to the show, and I'll talk to you soon. 
Bye, everybody. Sarah looks around a little bit and she realizes that Kelly ditched her. And then we zoom back with Kelly. She sets down the backpacks for some reason. And she says, I can't be lost. No way. And then she pulls out her compass and she looks at it. And we get some phantom cab bullshit where the compass just spins wildly because she probably has it too close to her metal belt buckle. Man, this is whack. (laughs) At this point, I was thinking if the watcher comes out and he starts telling riddles, then Sam's getting a fucking thumbs down. That'd be odd that Sam would come up with something exactly (laughs) like Frank when she hadn't been there. Frank would be like, yo, that's my shit. Can I make out with you? Damn. (laughs) Kelly puts that shit away, and she's like, this is not happening. And then we look over at the backpacks, and they just disappear. Yeah, they get blipped. (laughs) They do, yeah. And they get like a ghostly, like, when they disappear. I don't know why. (laughs) Why not? What does it sound like when backpacks disappear into nothingness, Cortland? I don't know. I don't think that they would give a generic ghost, like, I don't know. Try it and find out. Mm, I don't know. Maybe next time I get one of my backpack blips, I'll uh, I'll have my <laughs> microphone and I'll be recording it for you. All right. My laptop. Except those would probably get blipped too, but I don't know. Oh, God, I hope not. I would be so upset if my laptop got blipped. I would too. I'd be like, fuck. Like, t- come on, watch Take my backpacks. I can get a new backpack. You're like, God damn it, watcher. Let like, me at, at least, least like at least leave me the external hard drive. <laughs> Let me at least get my files. <laughs> Hold on. So, Hold on, Watcher. I gotta upload to the cloud. Shit, it's blipped. Exactly. So, next week, if there's no podcast, it's because uh, my laptop got blipped. So, Kelly looks back over to where the backpacks were, and she wonders aloud where they went to before she just runs away. Yeah. Just like, hmm, that's a bit odd. Yeah. Well, out of here. Adios. She's, just, she's like, where are those backpacks? Oh, well. <laughs> she <just laughs> runs away. She's just walking down another trail. She gets caught by a pine tree for a second before taking a few steps, and then she stops to look around. The camera pans around her. She walks back the same way, and then she looks back, and there's just a bunch of pine trees in her way, which was... I don't know how they did that. That was pretty cool. It was cool. I assume it was just a wall of pine trees that they just slid know, they, there. They just slid. <laughs> just on wheels, like, er eat, er eat, er eat. So Kelly's like, there was a path here. And then she just runs away again. Yeah, that's her solution to everything. <laughs> run from just it. run away from your problems, <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> we get shown that the sun is going down. It's dark. And then we're back with Sarah, who's yelling for Kelly. We switch back to Kelly, who's running around. And then back to Sarah, who yells for Kelly again. But then we get a mysterious voice that creepily calls out for Sarah. And Sarah turns around. She looks at a tree, and then a face appears out of the tree. Yeah. And then the face says, welcome to my woods. The face is weird. Yeah, it was weird. It's like the afterthought part of this episode, really. Yeah, which is weird. I was waiting for this all to build up to something. I know what you mean. Sarah runs away. We switch back over to Kelly, who's given herself a pep talk saying that she can do this. But then she looks over at some green glowing fog in a new trail. So she walks over to it and crawls down to go through it. And it looks like they reused the spot where they 
went to go to the pheasant's nest to me yeah it would make sense it's like the dark world version of that tree but man if i was lost in the woods like that and i seen like a sickly green light coming out of a hole my first thought wouldn't be like yes and crawling into it no i'd be like opposite direction yeah i'd be like okay and then i'd probably run into a wall of pine trees and be like shit well i guess i gotta go in there (laughs) you probably would (laughs) yeah i'd end up in the green light (laughs) i would too man it's okay so kelly makes her way through the vine covered rocky walkway looking thing and she stops in front of a horse's decaying head on a spike it's gruesome yeah this episode is just foul crazy yeah i don't understand why that's there i mean it looked like a horse's head to me do you think it's a horse's head too i mean it's a horse or goat or something it's an animal's head it's gross i'm gonna put a picture of it on instagram so that you guys can see it it's gross yeah it's like a skull with little bits of meat still on it and eyeballs it has eyeballs yep and hair a little bit we look at that for a second she's grossed out by it but then we see the rest of the camp and there's a bunch of like candles of sorts that are just kind of bouncing up and down they're on like a bungee cord yeah it i looks don't know cool. what purpose that serves but yeah like there's some scenes where you can see that it's clearly on like a bungee cord but if you don't see the bungee cord it kind of looks like they're floating which is cool they're just mm-hmm. bouncing around. They're just bouncing around, having fun. The directors are like, okay, we're getting the shot. Okay, make the candles bounce. <laughs> Go jiggle the candles a bit. <laughs> There's some tents, um, a makeshift table and chairs. It looks pretty cool, honestly. Yeah, it's a, it's a freaky looking little camp. Yeah, it's very rustic. I don't know if that's uh, the right word for it. I got, like, a, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe from it. Yeah, like, they made these out of bones and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit creepy. Yeah. So Kelly walks up. She's like, um, hello? Anybody there? She walks forward. The camera lingers on that horse head on the spike, and then it rotates to follow and look at Kelly while she walks by. Why? I don't know. We see more of the campsite while Kelly asks if anyone's there. There's a... What is this thing? A phonograph? Something like that. It's like a really old record player. I think it's a phonograph. It's playing some shit music in a tent. <laughs> <laughs> she walks into into another tent and there's just the sound of buzzing flies. So I'm assuming it's like the slaughter tent. Where they yeah, kill probably just meat and skin and hair and eyes and teeth. Yeah, and blood and guts and goo and stuff. Yeah, all the good stuff. Kelly takes a few more steps, and, and she then she has second thoughts about asking for help there. She's like, I, I don't need help this bad. And she takes another couple of steps and then activates a trap net that lifts her into the air and out walk these three old ladies, and I'm going to describe them as hags. They're haggish. Yeah. Crones, perhaps. Yeah, old biddies. The boss hag lady says, welcome to Watcher's Woods, dearie. And Kelly screams herself into a commercial. <laughs> Let's talk about the hags for a minute here. What's to say? There's three of them. I have nicknamed them Boss Hag, Bow Hag, and Bandana Hag. Did you notice who Boss Hag was? No. You didn't? No. It's Nanny from The Tale of the Lonely Ghost. No shit. Yeah. Wow. 
She's my favorite. Actually, I love all of the hags. I think they're wonderful. Yeah, they're they're lovely. It's very obvious that these are the three girls that got lost in Watcher's Woods. Like, Yeah, it's obvious, but I thought the show was going to keep that secret for the end. And I would just feel smart in my superiority watching it as a 30-year-old man. Like, yeah, I figured this all out. But they say it like 10 seconds later. Yeah, they pretty much just explain to Kelly who they are. They are, they're not 75, they're not 85 or whatever, because the little girls were probably like 10, and then 75 years had passed. These girls do not look 85. They look old. They look old. And they're in really cool, like, raider costume designs. It's, it, they look cool. Yeah. They look like they're wearing stuff they've found and patched together. Yeah. But yet one of them, uh, the bow hag, she still has on her giant... Like, little girl bow, and she's got on, like, her vest that she had as a little girl somehow. Yeah, not really sure how that works, but sure, whatever. Maybe she's a tailor, I don't know. <laughs> the costume design is cool, the the makeup design is cool. They are menacing. Yes, very, actually. I really like them. I think they're really cool villains. Again, the, this is another episode where pretty much everybody is a villain that is not Sarah, though, because Kelly is mean these hags are mean and watcher is mean (laughs) i mean yeah i guess watcher his motivations are perhaps bad but nothing comes of it nah you're right so back from commercial kelly's down from her rope trap and one of the hags is painting a big yellow x on kelly's coat while kelly is asking who these people are the hag turns around to look at the other two and says, it took us 75 years, but finally we've got you. So Bandana tells us that they've been waiting a long ass time for this. But Bo's like, are we sure that's really her? I'm not so sure. And Kelly, who's up on a platform, her arms are outstretched and they're tied. She's like, I'm not her. Who's her? But Boss commands her to tell her tell them where she put their whistles. And she lifts up a bow with a flaming arrow. And she's like, or do we have to work on our archery? Kelly's like, what whistles? And Boss says, well, I guess we shoot. As Bo asks if they if they can play with her a bit first. And Boss says, no. Bandana says, ready, aim, fire. And Boss shoots a fucking flaming arrow at Kelly, who mm-hmm. screams, no, <laughs> as it passes right through her. As you would if you were being shot with a flaming arrow. Yeah. I just don't, I don't really understand this part because the arrow passes right through Kelly and it hits the wooden fence behind her. Um, I don't, why did that happen? Because that's, that's my answer. Why even have that part at all? Because they were playing with her. Oh, okay. They didn't actually want to kill her because they want their whistles. (laughs) The hags are all like ghost magical hags too. Yeah, that's the thing. I, guess. I had a bit of a problem with that. Like, how did they get their magical powers? How did they get their magical powers? And why don't they use their magical powers to fix their own problem? It's a good question. Boss says, bullseye. Now, what about our whistles? And we look at Kelly, who's stunned for a moment. And she says, y- you're the missing trail makers. But you've been gone since. And Bandana speaks up saying, 1919. And they say, see, her memory's coming back. And the hags laugh, and then we switch to Sarah, who has now find, found her way to the hags' encampment. Well, she's not in the encampment yet. She's seen the entrance that's glowing green. Mm-hmm. The spooky green light, which is so enticing. 
You just gotta go in there. If I've learned anything from a Disney movie, it's that light green is bad. If you'll notice, every villain is, like, they shoot out lime green fire or Ursula, like, is lime green or, I don't know. Lime green is not good. Mm-hmm. If the bad guy has a cauldron, it's always bubbling something light green. Yes. Don't go into lime green. I think that might no. be the moral of the story. Don't go where there's lime green. No, just stay away from that color altogether. Stay away from limes. Ugh, limes. What have they ever done for anyone? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Back with Kelly and the gang, Bo asks Kelly why she stole their whistles. Kelly tells him that she didn't. I don't even know you. Boss is like, you tricked us. You left us here to die. And then Bandanas is worse. You left us here for the Watcher. And then she spits in a fire, and it blazes up like she spat monkey bone dust in it. <laughs> that would be the coolest magical power of all. <laughs> Spitting monkey bone dust? That'd be... I feel like my mouth would be dry. Probably. Boss looks up, and she says, Watcher. He said he'd hold our souls until we found our whistles. And then it cuts to Bo, who says, He knew we'd never find them. Then Bandana says, It's eternity for us in his woods. Boss tells Kelly, It's all her fault. And now we've got you, and soon you'll be old and dead as we are. And she gets up close to Kelly. She pinches her little chin and says, almost family. And then she laughs. That doesn't make much sense to me, though. Okay, so they lost their whistles, and they're blaming somebody for stealing them. But if they lost their whistles in Watcher's Woods, then somebody would have had to go into Watcher's Woods to get them and then come back out. What I assumed happened was that in 1919, somebody pulled the same dumbass trick that Kelly pulled on oh. Sarah. I'm like, hey, okay. I'll watch your bags while you go look at this pheasant nest or whatever. And then they did and fucking blooped. Okay. No, that makes sense. We'll go with and that. I actually, I actually thought for a little bit that Kelly might be some kind of ghost from the past who oh, keeps coming shit. back to camp and tricking people or something, but no, nothing. That would be amazing. Yeah. That would be really good storytelling. I mean, not that this isn't good storytelling. No, I like this, but it, they kept being like, oh, it's you from 75 years ago and you lost your memory and stuff like that. I thought that's where it was going. Okay. I like that train of thought because I didn't really understand what they were talking about. I thought they were just being crazy old women, which is what they are. I mean, they are crazy old women, so anything goes. (laughs) It would be really cool if they circled back and that is how it was and Kelly was some sort of time-altering ghost. That'd be cool. So Kelly tells the hags that she knows where their whistles are, since they're the three whistles that are on display in the wreck castle. Mm Mm-hmm. She says, if you let me go, I'll go get them. And then the the old hags have a like team huddle. <laughs> and they scoff at her. And then Bandana says, if we let you go, would you come back? And Kelly says, yes, I swear. And Bandana waves her hand. And the ties on Kelly's arm vanish. And she walks away. We cut over to the hags. And Boss Hag's like, oh, dearie. And Kelly turns around. She's all like, what's up? <laughs> and then the, uh. the, the Boss Hag walks towards her and says we don't believe you and then a cage slowly falls down on top of kelly who's screaming no <laughs> you dumbass you were out when they say oh dearie you just keep running i know like yes what's up 
<laughs> like she turns around like they're her best friends. Like yeah, yeah? yes, well, Hag? I could. What do you need? <laughs> I'll get you anything. I, I get. I'll get you the whistles. But you need anything else? You a drink? <laughs> <laughs> you need another horse's head on a spike? What's up? You need a new bow? <laughs> oh, it was that was another one of my favorite parts. <laughs> Dumbass. And then the, the cage just slowly like creaks down on her, and she's just like, "No, there's nothing I could do. I can't like roll under it or anything." Oh man! Oh my god! That one's on you, Kelly. <laughs> Fuck you, Kelly. <laughs> Boss Hank walks up to her and asks, "What scares you most?" And Kelly's like, "What?" And Boss tells her, "Oh, I know." And she grabs a bucket, saying, "How would you like to play with some rodents?" And she sets the bucket of mice down as Kelly screams again. And Bandana comes up saying, oh, I don't think she likes rodents. But Boss says, oh, we'll give her a chance to make friends. Careful now. They're fast. That's what I like about these ladies. In every other episode, old ladies be dropping bomb-ass tea. These old ladies drop bomb-ass bucket of rats. (laughs) I mean, they're like the cutest mice, though, because we get to look (laughs) in the bucket. They are. We get like a... A night vision look into the bucket and it's just a pile of like cute white rats i mean like cute white mice they're, they're mice they're not even rats nah rats are big mice are these and they're small and they can yeah, fit in a bucket they're just tiny little just... like hamster almost <laughs> they're, they're adorable they're almost hamsters i would be like oh yeah i'd have them crawl around me and stuff and it'd be great <laughs> teach them tricks shit Exactly. This could be a new opportunity for Kelly. Kelly, this is the start of the rest of your life. Leading a rat circus. <laughs> I'd go to see it. Kelly doesn't think about the the future of rat circusry, though. She's like, no. why did it have to be rats? And it's like, well, girl, that's because that's what you're scared of. Yeah. These ghost witches, they're magic. Come on. Kelly's backed up against the cage now, and up creeps Sarah, who says, Kelly... Which startles Kelly, of course. But she's like, Sarah, Sarah, get me out of here. They got buckets of rats here. (laughs) She apologizes for making fun of her, for getting her lost and everything. And then Kelly quickly explains to Sarah that the hags are ghosts. And they think I I stole their whistles. But I wouldn't do that. And Sarah's like, oh, well, uh, you did that to me. And Kelly's like, I'm sorry. This is Watcher's Woods. It's real. We're never going to get out. But then the girls are interrupted by all three hags, and Boss Hag's like, why not try this? And she's got this giant machete in her hands, and the two girls scream. The boss drops the machete on the ground, and she's like, well, well, another visitor. What are we going to do with this one? These girls are found, like, instantly. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, how are they going to do this in secret? I mean, all they'd have to do is lift it up. The cage didn't, like, I don't know, claw its way down into the ground or anything. It's just a... A shabby wooden cage. Bandana suggests that they work on their survival metal and hunt her for food. Which, damn. But Sarah's like, wait, I can help you. I can get your whistles. I know where they are. And Bo asks Sarah if she's certain. And Sarah's like, yes, I can run and get them. And Boss tells her, we keep your slimy little friend. And if you're not back by sunup, she'll be food for the mice and the newts. They are so ready to let Sarah go find these whistles. But with Kelly, they were like, nah. Well, I think they only need one girl to murder. I get it. You know, she's got a reason to have to come back and get the whistles and bring them back. She can't just leave a girl here, even though she could, because Kelly hasn't done anything for her. She very much could. But, 
I don't know. It was just weird to me that they talked all this much with Kelly, and then with Sarah, they're like, oh, shit, you know where our whistles are? Go get them, girl. Like, go get that shit. No, I don't get it. Kelly asks Sarah if she's sure, and Sarah says she got a better idea. And Bandana tells Sarah if she's going, then go. And Sarah gives Kelly a squeeze on the shoulder before leaving. And then Kelly asks the old hag if they could move that bucket. And then they all laugh, they roll their eyes, and they walk into their tent. We cut over to Sarah, who's running through the woods. And she stops. She looks up at the sky, and she gives a terrible line reading, saying, North Star, North Star, North Star. So camp that way. And she points in a fucking random direction. She just starts running into it. And then she splooshes through a puddle. And that same voice from before calls out to her. And she stops. She looks back and she says, What? Who are you? The face of the watcher appears and says, I'm watching you. I'm watching you. <laughs> he says it just like that, doesn't he? <laughs> I'm watching you. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Sarah, I'm watching you. Jeez. <laughs> I saw you do that terrible line read, Sarah. Why'd you sploosh into my puddle? Sarah, that was my face. God. (laughs) Sarah rolls her eyes and she runs away as the watcher calls for her some more, which is kind of creepy. The way he calls for Sarah. His voice is creepy. That's the only thing creepy about him. Well, this next part is pretty ridiculous, too. It's not creepy. Well, she falls and then in front of her pops up this, like horrifying decaying human head eh. you don't after think it's... everything we've seen <laughs> it's smiling <laughs> <laughs> i don't get it it gets ejected up out of the ground and then it transforms into the watcher mm-hmm. the transformation mm-hmm. isn't that great in my opinion though no it just kind of rises up and spins into a wood demon it kind of like animorph shifts into a man <laughs> he's covered in tree bark kind of i don't know he doesn't look cool no he tells sarah that she fascinates him and he's eager to add a soul such as her to his precious woods and he says come join me she is not phased in the slightest by this no she just watches with her eyebrows slightly raised as this monster says that he wants her soul i mean i gotta give it to sarah she is she's badass she's got whistles to find (laughs) she doesn't have time for this soul bargaining shit no she doesn't she pulls out a lighter and she lights it saying back off which stops him in his tracks yeah and and it's funny because he tells her well flames aren't gonna harm me and sarah like immediately comes back with well maybe not but i could torch your precious woods like dry kindling like damn sarah you are a boss yeah she tells the watcher let me pass and Watcher says he doesn't believe her. And Sarah's like, try me. Which gets the Watcher to back off. And he materializes back into that creepy decaying skull and phases back into the ground. Unbelievable. That's the last we see of the Watcher, too. This is the tale of Watcher's Woods. Yeah. And he's barely in the episode. He does nothing except go, Sarah. I know. Even fucking goth, like mind controlled a whole school of people before he was obliterated by water yeah this motherfucker is just the threat of fire and he's like oh shit i'm out of here like these 
the women in the woods, they've got candles burning and they've got a fire burning. That's a good point. I mean, maybe that's what keeps the Watcher away. I don't know. But this fucking dude backs down like nothing. It really doesn't make a lot of sense. No. Very disappointed by this part of the episode. Yeah, the Watcher is the disappointing part for sure. You know what? Maybe I hate this episode. <laughs> it's a good episode. Like, Yeah, it is. The hags are amazing. It is, but man, the Watcher. What a letdown. Yeah, I wish that that wasn't even in it. Like, I get that there had to have been a reason why the girls disappeared and, like, why did they get stuck in this woods, but even so, it didn't have to be so physical. It could have just been... Yeah, the woods itself could have just been, like, some kind of corrupted woods. We didn't need an explanation or some kind of being who controls the woods. The woods could have just been wrong somehow. Exactly. I don't know. So she somehow gets out of Watcher's Woods. I'm assuming it's because she stood up to the Watcher, but it doesn't matter. She's in front of the rec room castle. Or whatever. (laughs) So she enters it. It's a castle. It's a castle. (laughs) She enters it. She goes up to the glass case with the whistles. She shatters that shit with a fireplace poker. We zip back over to the hags, and Boss Hag's like, she's not back yet. So should we work on our cooking medals or our pet-keeping medals? And Banadana says, why don't we cook half of her and then teach the other half to do tricks? I don't think that'll work. That's not how it works. But they are magical spooky ghosts, so who knows. We go back to Sarah. She's running through the woods. And then we go back to the hags, and Bo is using a grinder to sharpen this their machete. And she's like, has to be sharp to be painless. <laughs> it's threatening. It's I love it. Because it, it, it doesn't seem like an empty threat. Like, these women have butchered whatever. I don't even know. Everything. Anything and everything that comes through there, they're chopping up. <laughs> I don't know how many kids have been blipped over the years, but... It doesn't matter. They, they're yeah. chopping them all up. We see Sarah run into the hag's camp, and she's like, I got him! But then she trips, and one of the whistles, of course, drops into the fucking bucket of mice. Because of course it does. <laughs> Dumbass. Kelly looks into it, she sees the whistle, and Boss Hag says... Give them to me. So Sarah throws the whistles, and the hags say, It's three whistles we need to break the spell, not two. Sarah tries telling them that she had all three, and Bo tells her, What a nasty thing to do to us. And then Boss tells Sarah that you didn't use your head. Bandana's like, But we will. So Sarah tries to stop them. She's like, Wait, wait, I'll find it. It's, it's here. It's just a second. But they, in unison, say, Which is incredible. Yeah. Some trees part ways and they show us a guillotine. I'm sorry. A guillotine of sorts. And then a board drops down. Some fog rolls over it and poof. Sarah's laying on that board tied up. It's brutal. It's crazy. So Bo goes up to the boss and she's saying, we're going to make such a mess. And Sarah calls out for Kelly for help. And Kelly tells the girls... That she found the whistle. It's over here. But boss is like, ignore her. She lies. And Sarah calls out for Kelly. Kelly tries to face her fears and get the whistle, but she just can't do it. The hags grab yeah. the machete and boss is like, on my signal. Kelly has a choice here between yeah. touching some mice or having her and her friend brutally murdered and eaten. And she mm-hmm. just hesitates for way too long. Yep. It's a bit absurd. It's pretty crazy. So there's this tension going on. 
boss is counting down from three. Kelly tries to get the whistle a couple of times. Sarah's struggling in this fucking guillotine. Boss gets down to three. Bandana cuts the rope on the blade, and it starts falling down as Kelly grabs the whistle and blows it. And then Sarah is magically pushed to the ground, and Kelly throws the whistle to the hags. It's crazy. Yeah. The cage surrounding Kelly disappears, and she runs up to Sarah. She helps her up. The hags all look at each other, and then at the whistles. Boss picks it up, and all three hags lift the whistles to their lips and blow three times. A fog rolls over them, and they disappear. Kelly and Sarah take a few steps to where the hags were, and Kelly's like, what are those? And she points at some rocks on the ground, and Sarah says, in a casual way, those are trail signs. They mean they've gone home. Is that a thing? I don't know. It's so casual. You put a pile of rocks together, and that means you aren't blipped anymore? (laughs) She says it in a way that's like, she didn't almost just die. Yeah. They were both going to be murdered. (laughs) It's ridiculous. So Kelly's like, you came back. And Sarah says, yeah, you saved my neck. And the two girls hug, and Sarah's like, come on, let's go home. But she saved her neck after she came back, so that's not really relevant, Sarah. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Well, it's the only sort of nice thing she did for her the entire episode, even if it was to save herself as well. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, I it is really the only thing she did. Mm-hmm. And she did it begrudgingly. <laughs> Like, I guess I'll save both of our lives by going through a minor inconvenience. (laughs) The two girls walk out of the woods. It's daytime and they're on a road, even though when Sarah ran out before they were in front of the castle, but whatever. There's this old looking car and in the back of that car are three little girls and they wave at Kelly and Sarah. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Um, I gotta wonder if those little girls remember anything yeah like even if they're ghost girls let's assume that they're ghost girls yeah do they have the memories of living in those woods and butchering people and animals (laughs) i hope so (laughs) (laughs) the thing about this ending is like i want to hope that they are ghosts that they are not alive because if they got to come back as little girls, like, right after they got blipped or whatever. It's now 1994. Yeah, um, they've got problems. Everybody in their lives are probably dead. And it's like, what are they supposed to do? I don't know. It's hard to go from 75 years living in the woods in isolation to just being like, well, I guess I'm going back to fifth grade. It... <laughs> Get recess in uh, Power Rangers lunchbox, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It reminds me a bit of... Have you ever seen or read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? No. Okay. So the kids go into Narnia, and then they live an entire life there. Like, they are adults in Narnia, and they go back through the wardrobe, and then at the end, they're kids again. And it's, like, kind of like that, except also it's 75 years in the future, so... All of that they have known and loved is gone. And it's just like, what? It's depressing. Yeah. Like, they're going to get to camp and they're going to be like, who the hell? There's three girls. Like, who are your parents? Like, (laughs) foster care for you children. I don't don't even know. Yeah, they're not even in the system. So hopefully for the girls' sakes, they're dead and they're going to the afterlife. (laughs) Yes. Hopefully they're dead. (laughs) Although that wouldn't really be fair either. If you think about it, like, they got blipped. 
and the watcher gave them the condition that they'd get out if they gave the whistles but like if they were dead at the end of it then that's still pretty shitty yeah, but if they got to go back to 1919, we'd have another The Tale of Locker 22 incident where the time travel just is not good, you know? Yeah, there's not really an ideal solution, except all not right. getting blipped in the first place. Let's go with their three little girls, they have all of their memories, and now they're in 1994. <laughs> Fuck, that is like <laughs> the worst possible outcome. They're going to murder people again. They're going to be like, I don't know how to live. I'm going to kill people. I don't know. I think it ends with three 10-year-old girls committing suicide, which is pretty dark. All right. So behind the two other girls, Sarah and Kelly, are all of the campers and instructors. And they're like, hey, where were you? Like, bitch, these girls were lost in the woods overnight. It's insane. Like, oh, there you are. Where you been? Instead of, oh, my fucking God, I found them. Oh, my God. Call off the search party. Send the chopper back. It's crazy. (laughs) Where are you two girls been? What is Diaz? No. They were lost. (laughs) For over, like, 24 hours. <laughs> I didn't even call like the police or anything. No. Oh my god! Well, just that's the end of the call. episode. Like, is Sarah and um, Kelly back yet? No. Those girls. <laughs> girls will be girls. Good thing they got their <laughs> whistles. <laughs> oh my god! Add another one to the blip photo. <sighs> Ridiculous. Oh. <sighs> I still really like this episode, though. <laughs> yes, this episode is good. <laughs> Back at the Midnight Society, Sam says, So, what'd you guys think? And Gary, like, motions for all the kids to come over. They huddle for a few seconds, and Gary says, he, he like, gets up, walks towards her, and says, uh, I don't know how to tell you this. And Sam's like, oh, it's okay, I understand. Thanks for the shot. But Gary yeah, says, Time to hitch. <laughs> Gary said what I mean is it's going to be real hard calling somebody that looks like you Sam Ugh, no it's not yeah. it's not hard you cringy fucking asshole man on a ranking system this would be like negative points towards Gary but they're yeah, all really fucking weird about this so I don't know what Be- they were Betty Ann is the only one who doesn't lose points because it's her friend <laughs> She knows she's a girl. She ain't yeah. trying to hook up with her, as far as I can tell. Right. So, yeah. Betty Ann wins again. No. It's ridiculous. The kids laugh, and they, they welcome Sam to the Midnight Society. They all congratulate her, and that's the end of the episode. Good episode. I liked it. It was a good episode. It's probably my favorite so far for season three, like I said at the beginning. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I had a good time. Jewel State was uh, wonderful in it. I mean, her acting was a little bit campy, I would say, but I just love her, so she, she gets a pass. She is a delight. For sure, yeah. But, you know what? The Tale of Watcher's Woods, man, that... Oh, I like the fucking... name, I guess, but the way they utilized the Watcher sucked. I think we can come up with a better name than that. Yeah. The Tale of the Pheasant Nest? The Tale of the Weak-Ass Watcher? For sure. The Tale of the Old Hags? The Tale of the Lost Woods? There you go. That's the perfect one. So easy that I didn't even come up with it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
This episode had a lot of gory imagery and the cigarettes and right. like murderous intention and it was very like I don't know. It was like casually adult <laughs> thing. Yeah, just like we're gonna cut off this young girl's head. We're gonna eat yeah. this young girl. Here's this butchered horse head. Smoke kids, it'll make you cool. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Um they could have done like the, the tale of the missing trail makers. Yeah. The tale of the blipped bags. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna take away from this episode. Blipping. Blipping sounds like blippy, which I'm trying to turn it around and make it something good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, things disappearing. Good. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Things being phased out of existence. Pretty awesome. It's better than Blippi. <laughs> I think that's about all I can come up with for this episode, though. Yeah, I had a lot of trouble. It's all right. So, Brandon, the next episode... Ooh. Are you ready for this? Yeah. The title is The Tale of the Phone Police. What? Yeah. Phone Police? Yeah. Oh, this is a goddamn Tucker story. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it is Tucker. Yeah. The phone police, guys. It sounds like something childish, so yeah. Is a phone police different from a police phone? Yeah. <laughs> I think it I'm is. I'm going to say I'm going to say that uh somebody there's a couple of kids, they're having some goofs doing prank calls and then uh someone isn't having fun with the prank calls and they're like, "Stop calling me." And they're like, mm-hmm. what are you, the phone police? And then he, he's <laughs> like, yes. And then uh, he comes and kills him. Damn. You know, honestly, Brandon, I'm betting that's probably what it's going to be. Because I don't really remember this episode, but what else could it be, you know? I'm sure it's going to be kids making prank phone calls and somebody's like, not today. Yeah. But when I hear the tale of the phone police, the only thing I can think of is, you remember that one YouTube video of that dad like talking with that little girl and he's like, you done goofed. I'm going to call the internet police. <laughs> yeah. That's the only thing I can think of when I hear of this is that guy. Yeah. I know what you mean. But that's what we got to look forward to next week, man. Exciting. Or is it? I hope so. I hope so too. Like I said, this, I don't this... remember this one, so I'm, I'm expecting good things. Yes. If the next episode isn't, at least better than this episode, I'm going to be very disappointed. Oh, for sure. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, man, I've been up all night. I'm getting sweepy as hell. Me too. All right, good. I'm going to bed. I'll talk to you next week, man. Yep. I'll see ya. Bye, everybody. Bye. Let's watch his woods.